Hello and uh, welcome to the Michael Mamas Show. I am your host, Michael Mamas, and uh, here today with Adrian Dewey. And uh, we're coming to you from Mount Soma uh, in the west, in the mountains of Western North Carolina, home of the Sri Sameshwara Temple. Uh, <clears throat> today, uh, we're going to talk about. Uh, Critical theory. It's kind of interesting how the whole thing. Like before we did the podcast, Adrian, you were asking me about what were you saying? Where did I get the idea to talk about that? Yeah. What I mean, clearly there's stuff in the news that that seems related, but you know, people may not actually know that you know critical theory is related to what's going on, or at least the the base of it. But I was wondering why you decided. That, that was a good topic for today. Yeah, let me see if I can even recollect. Um, of course, you know, what's really in the news a lot now, as you referenced, really was uh, critical race theory. And, you know, how they're teaching that to kids in the schools. And there's a lot of debate about whether or not that should be done and blah, blah. Um, but somewhere, and I can't remember where, somebody said something about that really it was originally the original idea was critical theory. And then uh, only quite recently, they interjected the word race, critical race theory. And uh, so that kind of intrigued me. So actually, and you may want to do this as I went on uh, mine and actually Wikipedia had a pretty good thing on critical theory. But I'll tell you, if you, if you, if you Google uh, critical theory, just critical race theory comes up, boom, 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 boom. And you hardly even see critical theory, which is really the foundation of it. Uh, but the idea of critical theory, and I'm no expert on it. I just read a little bit in Wikipedia and a couple other sites. But the idea of critical theory goes back, way back decades, if not hundreds of years. And the idea was to try to analyze what the influences are that, uh, formulate the thinking of a, of a society, of a culture. What are the different components that, that go into that? Not just, you know, economic or political, but uh, social, you know? And then what happened, uh, let's see, as I recall, the next thing in that article talked about uh, Marx and how Marx kind of, oh yeah, my understanding was that Marx kind of took on the idea of critical theory and, and started to use it, the concept, not just as an understanding of the society and the culture, but as a means to, uh, uh, what's the word, Adrian, manipulate or um, uh, influence yeah. a culture. So, uh, so how to get people thinking a certain way. And then that whole idea, you know, and it's kind of interesting because I, I talked about, uh, remember in the previous podcast, Adrian, I was talking about uh, the marijuana and drug era of the 60s, 70s, and how it was really influenced a lot of the people in the universities who became our professors and our attorneys and like that. Yeah, and, and uh, so those people were really strongly influenced by a drug culture. So in a sense, you could use the phrase if you wanted, you know, 
critical drug theory, you know, because uh, that was a major component. And then, of course, as racism came up, the, the notion of uh, critical race theory. And here's, here's one component. See, naming something has some power. And especially if the, the name uh, is a buzzword, you know, like drugs. I mean, that triggers people. Critical drug theory. All of a sudden, it gives them something they can hang on to. Or critical race theory. Oh, okay, now we're into this whole arena of uh, racism, which is uh, uh, up in the news, you know. And so... If you think about it, and I'd like you to think about it, you know, you can come up with other things on your own um, that were major influences in the forming of the mentality we're with today. Critical computer theory, uh, <clears throat> you know, or maybe rephrase that critical, what do they call it? Um, uh, Big tech, you know, uh, and how they have Facebook, critical Facebook theory, you know, uh, and how it's gone such a long way in influencing and formulating the mindset of, of people today. We've also talked media. about what's that? All the social media. Social. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. All yeah, the social yeah. media and and uh, uh, look at television and even the, how television has changed. Uh, in the past decades, you know, um, uh, so how television, what is okay on TV now that perhaps wasn't okay a while ago and what's popular on TV uh, and how it has influenced, powerfully influenced the mindset of humanity, you know. Um, we could even talk about critical Jyotish theory. We've talked about how the astrological influence or such that uh, uh, this, and, and then that goes into the whole thing about the phase transition predicted by Jyotish and Veda and all that. Uh, um, but I, I found, I'll tell you, I found something, I heard something on the news that I thought was really interesting. You know, the airlines, Adrian, for how many decades, a long time, have been serving alcohol on the flights. Well, yeah, since their inception. Yeah, that's right. Well, recently, I understand that Southwest Airlines and American Airlines, I don't know if there are others, have discontinued providing alcohol in coach class because uh, people are becoming belligerent. And I, I think it's interesting that with the phase transition now and the, the tonal quality of the culture now and uh, all the polarization that's gotten created through critical political theory, uh, critical uh, social media theory, <laughs> you know, all these different things, it just fits right along with critical Jyotish theory and all these different factors that are coming into play that have created an attitude where now people, you know, have a couple of drinks on an airplane and they start attacking the uh, uh, hostess, you know, <coughs> just so something's going on, you know, uh, yeah. and, and it, it's all tied together and it all has to do with critical theory. I think critical theory explains quite a bit. And, and uh, 
the ancient rishis, particularly, I would, I would talk about actually uh, Maharshi Patanjali, and he talked about the samskaras. The samskaras are impressions on the awareness, uh, impressions on the consciousness. And there's a storehouse of impressions called the chit and how what those different impressions are and how deeply they influence uh, the storehouse of impressions, the mind determines, you know, how people think, how people function. And now we have all these really powerful influences with uh, social media and uh, television and the, the drugs and um, just different political charges and racism and all these different things are, are really leaving very deep, um, some scars, very deep impressions on people. Uh, and then it becomes sort of a self-justifying. Well, the other one is that defunding the police, right? Uh, those kind of things before computers and television were out so much. I mean, they wouldn't catch fire as easily, you know. But now it's just become very popular. I also had the thought about People get to the point, especially because there's so many powerful influences now, that I think people get overwhelmed and they feel like they're not heard. And they get frustrated and they get angry. And they try to find a way where they can get people to listen to them. And I think on some degree, uh, we all experience that. I mean, how many times do you say something and people don't listen to you? Or, uh, I mean, wouldn't it be a different world if everybody agreed with everything you said, you know, and everything you thought? <laughs> but that's not, that's not the way it is, you know? But some people get so frustrated, I think, about it and, 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 and so agitated about it that they feel a need to act out. And I think, in a way, and I mean, this might be overly simplistic. In fact, I believe it is a, a rather simplistic, but I think that's a component, let's put it that way, to the whole Antifa thing. You know, people are frustrated. They don't like the way things are. Uh, uh, they want them to change. And so the only way they know to affect change is through violence, you know? Uh, I also think, you know, these horrible things where people go in, what was it, Adrian, just recently in South Florida, Somebody went uh, in. Talking about the mass shootings. Yeah. 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 And I think one guy recently, I think, shot 47 people or something. I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, it's happening the more and more. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. The world's gone crazy. And I think, I think if we take a look at critical theory and all the different influences that are there, I think it can start to give us an insight, especially if you amalgamate all these different critical theories, critical judge theory, critical drug theory critical race theory, critical politics theory, critical social media theory. I mean, it's enough already, you know? Um, but now what, what do we do about it? You know, because think about it. What, 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 is, what are we doing in this podcast? If we're not careful, we're laying another rap on you. And I mean, we've had so many raps laid on us and here's one more, you know? And I think uh, it's just become too much. So I think the, the, the key is, how do we deal with it? 
I know a lot of people say, well, I just don't listen to the news. Well, that's uninformed. That's a little bit like burying your head in the sand, you know. Uh, so I think we can overdo it and to get too caught up in the news and too caught up in this stuff. But we need to be informed. We need to, I think, have a knowledge of what's going on. Otherwise, the whole momentum of society is carrying us in a direction that we don't know anything about and we just someday will find ourselves there, you know, and that's, that's dangerous. And it seems know? really particularly strong now, you know, it's, it seems like the world is changing from day to day. And if you're not keeping your finger on the pulse of, you know, if all the news options, you have no idea what's, what's going on and it's the changes are point. coming so quickly. It's an excellent point because depending on what your source of news is, you can get vastly different perspectives of what's going on. And how do you know? Yeah. You know, I mean, you got the extreme right, you got the extreme left, you got this, you got that. And how do you know who's right and who's not? And they're all vying for your mind. Yeah, that's right. You know, um, and that's what this is really ultimately about, right? Yeah. There's, there's this stream going through society and certain aspects of society or certain ideologies take hold with the hope of, of shaping your mind and shaping your thoughts towards certain ideologies or in certain political directions or you know, yeah, whatever and, it is. And to different degrees, it's been going on, uh, or in different ways, yeah. it's been going on throughout history. I've talked about yes. the Bolshevik Revolution. Yeah. And how that was actually the, historically now we understand, it wasn't about the czar so much as it was about bankers who wanted to take over the economy of Russia. And so they created this whole thing. And I guess yeah. they were bankers in the United States, England and Germany, I think. But, but uh, the, the point being, that they got a hold of the mass media. They, they had an understanding of critical theory and how to infiltrate it and how to create an influence. And look what happened. And that's how, that's how really the Soviet Union got created, you know? Yeah. And uh, now how many sources of social media do we have at our fingertips? And they're all it, pushing you. They're all, all trying to get them. you to think. And, and a lot of it is so subliminal. Uh, uh, like I was saying, the television programs. And they all seem, not all, but a number of them have like a political, underlying political agenda, commercials even. Yeah, for uh, sure. They're all kind of pushing you in different directions, you know. And it seems much more um, extreme and notable than it used to be, you know. I've heard a lot of people say that, Adrian. Yeah. You know, it's almost like they get they get fed up with the commercials because it's just that there's an agenda and they just keep pushing it and pushing it. And uh, uh, yeah, those influences are everywhere. They're coming from every direction. Like you said, there's so many um, and they're all want, they're all vying for first place in your you know, kind of psyche or your, your life. I think, you know, when we get those streams of ideology going and we adopt them as our own, um, it shapes our lives. It shapes our, our, our expectations of society. And it, you know, it's an interesting, 
Yeah, that's right. It's an interesting thing, Adrian. There's a, a guy, uh, I, I believe he's, he was a Russian, and I believe he was in the KGB, KGB. But at any rate, he was talking, he was a part of the whole thing where they were planning the uh, infiltration and takeover of America. Uh, and they had certain um, fundamental principles. And, and one of the fundamental principles that stand on my mind is they say it takes a whole generation because you have to capture the minds of, of the youth and then form and then uh, uh, condition, manipulate, get them all thinking a, a certain way uh, based on your agenda. And, and, uh, uh, and that is in fact what Russia was consciously actively doing, Soviet Union that is, was consciously actively doing uh, uh, and yeah, they, and it really was about shaping the minds of the next shape, generation. Shaping the minds of a whole generation. Because if you yeah. can capture one generation, then that generation can, can perpetuate and, and uh, take over the other generations. So the thing is, what do we do about it? What do we do about it? Well, it really goes deeply into not just an understanding of critical theory, but also an understanding of how we function as human beings. You know, they talk about elephants and how incredibly social elephants are. I don't know if you know that, but one elephant can't really live alone because yeah, it eats other I elephants. elephants. What's yeah. that? I love elephants. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, have a, I have a thing for elephants. Yeah. Yeah. But, but uh, um, human beings are the same way. I mean, critical peer theory would be another one because our peers... Oh, yeah. It goes so far. I even remember my kids, you know, they were thinking a certain way. And I, I don't think it was came from us. I mean, I didn't really. But I, I just noticed. Peers become so important for kids. Yeah. More important than adults. More important like, than their parents. Like a rather benign example is, is my older daughter was really into, when she was a little girl, she loved country, I guess country, western country music. You know, and she'd be playing her all the time and she knew all the songs. And I remember if I'd be driving them somewhere, they'd want me to put on this country station and she'd be singing along with the songs. She's just this little kid. But I remember when she went to uh, school, it seemed pretty evident to me, though she never said it, but it seemed pretty evident to me that her friends thought that country music was what? Corny? At any rate. Old fashioned. Old fashioned. For some reason, it just like on a dime, she stopped listening to it and she started listening to, oh, I don't know if it's called rock and roll these days or what, but more popular music that was popular with other kids. Uh, and I, you also see that um, politically, uh, I mean, so much, what school kids go to, what the, the, political attitudes of the professors and the, of, of the parents of the other children, because that influences the kids and it becomes this group consciousness, this mindset. And, and it overtakes people, you know, and that's how even they start adults. thinking. Yeah. Even for adults, yeah. they say the, the five people that you hang around um, shape you. They shape, they help shape your personality, your goals, your, ideologies. And so, you know, that thing, pick your friends carefully. And yeah. it doesn't just apply to children. It's for adults too. It's really amazing. 
what you're trying to talk somebody down from their indoctrination you know trying to say hey look at this is what's happened and it, uh, you meet tremendous resistance you know because what happens is you know you get put in a box uh, based on their current identity uh, uh, oh there's a what was it there's a really interesting component to that um, well, reality having it something imposed no, versus yeah, here it bring is. yourself Re from pre yeah go ahead yeah um perception of reality is far more powerful far more prevalent and far more dominant than reality that that so fits so deeply into what the ancient seer said they talked about some scars and impressions and how you get the impression story and everything. But they they also said we don't perceive. We project onto, we perceive onto. Based on our current some scars, our current conditioning, uh, our, the peer influence, the five most important people, Adrian, like you were saying, you know, and how they form your thinking. And See, this gets delicate, too, because in one sense, it's a good thing in the sense that a healthy culture helps culture the minds of the people. A healthy family helps culture the mentality of the family members. Uh, all that is good. But when does a culture cease to really be healthy or a group, a uh, subgroup, a clique, whatever, the people you hang out with, whatever. How do you know if it's unhealthy or healthy? Because from your world, you're convinced that that's correct. And so how do you sidestep this whole thing of, you know, everybody's vying, vying for your mind and, uh, What, they're all trying to win your mind, and how do you prevent that from happening? Well, first, first thing is, is where where does your own inner wisdom come from? And I'm telling you, it doesn't come from the surface. Uh, 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 Adi Shankara, the first Shankaracharya, great, great, great saint. Uh, <clears throat> What was I going to say that he said? It was so good. Um, uh, Adrian, I lost it. What was I going to say about Hadi Shankara? And he was um, talking about uh, he, he, go ahead, people playing for your mind. Yeah. I wasn't really sure where you were going with it. Yeah. We've been talking about uh, we perceive onto reality. We don't really see reality. And it's based on uh, the wisdom doesn't come from the surface. Oh, yeah, 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 so, so the idea is that you have to act. Discernment was the thing that he was talking about. You have to cultivate discernment out of genre. He called the spiritual path the path of discernment. And discernment 
You see, isn't just thoughts and it isn't just latching on to a superficial model and having it make some sense on some superficial level. And so you go with it and then it overwhelms your feelings and your thoughts and you decide you found truth. The art of discernment is looking deeper and it's not just your feelings, but it's your deep feelings, the feelings that lie deeper than what's been formulated by critical theory, uh, conditioning, programming, uh, and then your emotions get invested in that. He talks about discernment as accessing that place that lies deeper inside your place of wisdom that transcends critical theory, that transcends bias, that is uh, innate, it's inherent. It's uh, uh, what they... What did they say in the Constitution? They, they actually have a nice phrase. Uh, it's inalienable. It's inherent in our nature. It's natural law. And we, with all these influences, this is such an important point, with all these influences that, and everything, Adrian, that are going on, people lose touch with that. And they think their passion is their deeper truth. Whereas really their passion is the samskaras and the impositions and the whoever has captured their mind and their thinking and whatever your generation got overtaken by, kind of like that KGB guy was talking about, and conditioned and programmed you to think and feel a certain way. The best, the, the most important part of, of this is not just meditation. Meditation is key to accessing that place. But I'm telling you, I've seen so many people who've been meditating for decades and that's great, but they're indoctrinated into a mentality and that's the way they think. And it's more of an indoctrination than coming from a place of inner wisdom. So discernment isn't something you cultivate after meditating, even a lifetime. You know, it helps, of course. Uh, but I think we also do well to take a step back and ask ourselves, you know, what do we believe and why do we believe it? What are the influences? What, what critical theory, be it critical race theory, critical TV theory, critical peer group theory, on and on. Uh, what is it that actually we've kind of latched our mind and our heart onto and decided that that's who we are and what we believe? And how do we make some, you know, flexibility around that? Well, it's a good point. It's a good point because you see, I think if we take a look at it, um, when I work with people, a lot of times they'll get the point where they'll they're see what they're doing, for example, be it with that or whatever issue. And then they always seem to say, well, what do I do about it? Now that I see it, what do I do about it? I always say the same, this is the doing. The light of awareness heals. Once you start to realize that, oh, my God, I'm thinking this way because I've been indoctrinated into thinking that way, uh, it can enable you to use a very simplistic example that may be right, may not. But it might enable you to say, you know what, I really do like country music, you know? Yeah. That's the question, right? What do we really believe with all of this stuff coming in from every direction? Yeah. What do I really believe? And how do I, and how can I access that? It's it's not easy to do. Right. 
What Bruce Lee, that quote, I like that Bruce Lee quote in that black and white video that's famous that he did some interview. And he said, uh, just, he even said martial arts, but it's really everything, is about genuinely expressing yourself. And he said, and that's not so easy to do. It's not easy to do. It's very hard to do, I think he said. And really, it all boils down to that, doesn't it, Adrian? Well, that's what evolution really is. There you go. You know, becoming yourself without all the overlays, without self-deception, you know, without those external influences. Just who are you really at the core? You know, some well, somebody, this was years ago, but they put up their hand in one of my classes and they said, why do you say one thing one day and then the next day you say something different that contradicts it? And I just said, right. Yeah. Right. Because another thing the ancient Rishi said is knowledge exists in the gap between identities, between realities, if you will, between perceived realities. And so if we give expression to one and then give an expression to other, the only true knowing is what? Knowing that you know no thing. And we're so inundated with things. And we're trying to find that thing. It's not about that. So I'd like to think that my teachings, what we're talking about here today, even though it could be viewed as, oh, he's pushing another agenda. Here's still another worldview. I'd like to think that if we work with it and the way we were working with this, it's something that will free you from getting your mind overtaken. We use perspectives, but they must not use us. You see? I love that um, knowledge is in the gap. It's in the gap. It's knowledge, in knowledge is in the gap. That's right. And wisdom bubbles up from that place in the gap. Exactly right. You know, that expression is so nice. What Socrates are the only true knowing is knowing that you know nothing. It's in a gap, you know? Yeah. All right. I think that you used to talk about, um, you know, when the whole world is enlightened, we're still going to have Republicans and we're still going to have Democrats and we're still going to have Christians and we're still going to have atheists. That yeah. kind of that kind of fits Adrian, doesn't it? The podcast we did last week where we talked about boxes and and yeah. even in, even in Vastu, even the very fundamental building blocks of existence. There's the difference between a loaf of bread and a set containing a loaf of bread. A loaf of bread put in a box. There's a difference between pure consciousness and consciousness aware of itself. All of a sudden, it's put in a box. It's all about boxes. So if you're functioning in the world, you're functioning in the arena of boxes. That's mm-hmm. Vastu science, fence. It's mm-hmm. called, you know, the word for Vastu is fence. Mm-hmm. And that's the nature of existence. And so, yeah, there's this worldview, there's that worldview, there's this box, there's that box. But knowledge is contained in the gap between them. And that's why they talk about Maya, illusion. Consciousness viewed itself as other. And that's a mistake. There is no other. It's just consciousness. And they call that illusion. So this is the world of illusion. Now, some people hear that and they get depressed. Oh, no, this is a big illusion. How horrible. How can you say that? Well, no, it's we have our connotations with the word illusion, but it's, it's, it's not like that. Because look at the grandeur that it creates. Otherwise, you've got pure, flat, absolute. 
so there's a value to the boxes as long as a relationship with it. And that's a phrase I use a lot. Relationship with everything is critical, including what we're talking about today. It's not about the thing. It's not about the box. It's about your relationship with the thing. And that's something that's cultivated. And that's and as that discernment gets cultivated more and more and more and more refined, what happens is that's called spiritual liberation. You're functioning through the boxes, but you're not lost to them. All right, Adrian, I think that's it. Anything else for we? No, that close? was a beautiful yeah. summary. It was, a, it was a beautiful topic, you know? Yeah. 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 All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you again next week. Bye-bye.